some white fuzz. And then the silence indicated that you'd broken through the worst of it. Welcome to AOL, said a soothing voice, the upward inflection on O, followed by, you have email. I would dance around the room to the sound of the AOL dial-up to help the agonising time pass quicker. I choreographed a routine from things I learnt in ballet, a plie on the beeps, a pas de chat on the thumps. I did it every night when I came home from school, because that was the soundtrack of my life, because I spent my adolescence on the internet. A little explanation. I grew up in the suburbs. That's it. That's the explanation. When I was eight years old, my parents made the cruel decision to move us out of a basement flat in Islington and into a larger house in Stanmore, the last stop on the Jubilee Line and on the very furthest fringes of North London. It was the blank margin of the city, an observer of the fun rather than a reveller at the party. When you grow up in Stanmore, you're neither urban nor rural. I was too far out of London to be one of those cool kids who went to the Ministry of Sound and dropped their G's and wore cool vintage clothes picked up in surprisingly good Oxfams in Peckham Rye. But I was too far away from the Chilterns to be one of those ruddy-cheeked, feral country teenagers who wore old fishermen's jumpers and learnt how to drive their dad's Citroen when they were 13 and went on walks and took acid in a forest with their cousins. The North London suburbs were a vacuum for identity. It was as beige as the plush carpets that adorned its every home. There was no art, no culture, no old buildings, no parks, no independent shops or restaurants. There were golf clubs and branches of prezzo and private schools and driveways and roundabouts and retail parks and glass-roofed shopping centres. The women looked the same, the houses were built the same, the cars were all the same. The only form of expression was through the spending of money on homogenised assets, conservatories, kitchen extensions, cars with inbuilt sat-nav, all-inclusive holidays to Mallorca. Unless you played golf, wanted your hair highlighted, or to browse a Volkswagen showroom, there was absolutely nothing to do. This was particularly true if you were a teenager at the mercy of your mother's availability to cart you around in her aforementioned Volkswagen Golf GTI. Luckily, I had my best friend Farley, who was a three and a half mile bike ride away from my cul-de-sac. Farley was, and still is, different to any other person in my life. We met at school when we were 11 years old. She was, and remains, the total opposite to me. She is dark, I am fair. She's a little too short, I'm a little too tall. She plans and schedules everything. I leave everything to the last minute. She loves order, I'm inclined towards mess. She loves rules, I hate rules. She is without ego. I think my piece of morning toast is important enough to warrant broadcast on social media, three channels. She is very present and focused on tasks at hand. I'm always half in life, half in a fantastical version of it in my head. But somehow, we work. Nothing luckier has ever happened in my life than the day Farley sat next to me in a maths lesson in 1999. The order of the day with Farley was always exactly the same. We'd sit in front of the television eating mountains of bagels and crisps, though only when our parents were out. Another trait of the suburban middle classes is that they are particularly precious about sofas and always have a strictly no-eating living room and watching American teen sitcoms on Nickelodeon. When we'd run out of episodes of Sister Sister and Two of a Kind and Sabrina the Teenage Witch, we'd move on to the music channels, staring slack-jawed at the TV screen while flicking between MTV, MTV Bass and VH1 every 10 seconds, looking for a particular Usher video. When we were bored of that, 
we'd go back onto Nickelodeon Plus One and watch all the episodes of the American teen sitcoms we'd watched an hour earlier on repeat. Morrissey once described his teenage life as waiting for a bus that never came, a feeling that's only exacerbated when you come of age in a place that feels like an all-beige waiting room. I was bored and sad and lonely, restlessly wishing the hours of my childhood away. And then, like a gallant knight in shining armour, came AOL dial-up internet on my family's large desktop computer. And then came MSN Instant Messenger. When I downloaded MSN Messenger and started adding email address contacts, friends from school, friends of friends, friends in nearby schools who I'd never met, it was like knocking on the wall of a prison cell and hearing someone tap back. It was like finding blades of grass on Mars. It was like turning the knob of the radio on and finally hearing the crackle smooth into a human voice. It was an escape out of my suburban doldrums.